LeBron's a mob boss, bro. He got AD over to the to the to, from the Pelicans, and the Pelicans refused to trade trade him publicly. He said, "We're not trading him to the Lakers, no matter what. We're not sending him there." LeBron behind the scene pulling mad strings gets AD there, and it's his guy, Rich Paul. Pulling, pulling, yo, that's some mob boss stuff. That's unbelievable. The fact that that I, I always think about it all the time, bro. Like t- the fact that he's indirectly an owner, like he's indirectly an owner of Clutch, and he facilitated a trade that's going to help him win championships for the next two, three years, maybe even more. Because everybody else is playing check, they are playing chess. Yes, LeBron has been playing chess from day one getting into the league. Like the fact that he got his boy an internship at an agency to then two, three years later, hire him. So go learn the business, get everything down packed. I'm going to give my 10% to one of my boys. And then we're going to grow this thing called Clutch and blow up. Then we're going to get our own media. Then we're going to do production. I'm going to get on Space Jam too. My man has been playing. He's been five steps ahead of everybody. Everybody has one own production company. Katie got his stuff coming. Mm -hmm. Katie got a podcast. You got everybody wanted. Steph Steph even got a a production company now. All his son. They're all his son. Like, all of them are doing it because boardroom, literally, bro, like, Basically everything you're doing, right, right. <laughs> you saw LeBron, you're trying to adopt it. Like, I get it. And it's smart. What Katie doing is smart. But, like, I don't think it's going to get to the level where, like, you own, like, an agency. Like, you said, for that, the major athletes are signing with that agency. Like, outside of basketball now, too. It's, it's growing outside of basketball. That is wild, Joe. Wild. He's a goal, NFL. Man. Yeah, NFL, and then once he, I don't know if he got any yet, but once he get that a baseball player, it's, it's coming. You forget it because them it's baseball contracts stupid, different. Once watch, you gonna get somebody that signed for twelve years, four hundred million dollars. Yeah, it's, it's gonna stupid. Be a- Welcome back to another episode of the Bench Mob. Bench Mob, yeah, we back. We are back. Um, it's a lot that we're going to touch on today. Kyrie, um, Bron, we just was talking about Bron. We're going to talk about the ESPN rankings, what they got as the top eight teams, a whole bunch of stuff today. Um, I'm your host, Antonio, Mr. Still Not Worried. I'm here with Miles, Smooth Operator, Davenport, Greg, G-Baby, Hot Take. How y'all today? Feeling good, bro. I'm feeling good too, bro. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, bro. It's it's been a hectic day, but uh, with all these stories coming out and all this the, the hardened rumors and trade rumors out there and what's going on, but nah, man, it's it's I'm trying to keep up. I'm just trying to keep up with everything that's going on. Speaking of, and so we just had mad energy, and Miles gonna come on, put us the, the Drake voice on, put that little R and B Giveon voice on. You know, we got some uh, lady listeners on. He's on the market, ladies, so y'all know he's on the market. He's available. Um, where do y'all think Harton is going to end up? Because you feel me? Harton now has expanded and says Milwaukee's on there. Miami's a possibility. He even threw the Lakers in there. I highly doubt the Lakers will do that. But he he basically is telling them, look, I'm in a relationship. This is an arranged marriage, and I want to get out of it send me anywhere at this point where do y'all think he possibly ends up i feel like the heat 
that's like one of the better places that he could end up. I mean, they got pieces to trade, you know. I, w- I wouldn't throw Tyler Hero in there, but that's kind of what you'd have to do if you want to get somebody that good, even though it could only be for two years. So you're like bet any team that's trading for him is betting that, one, they could get a chip in the next two years, and two, they might be able to re-sign him once that deal is done, which, I mean, if they don't win a ring, he's going to be more likely to leave. So it's hit or miss, but I think Miami's the, the best spot that he could end up. Uh, look, I'm, I'm no insider, but if he lands in Miami, that man's going nowhere. They're going to happen for the next six years. <laughs> like, for like, why would he leave Miami? It would make no sense. Like, he's going to re-up, big contract. You pair him with Jimmy Butler. If the Heat – I saw the report today that if the Heat thought they were going to be able to keep um, Tyler Hero, like he's untouchable, they're drunk. It, it would, there's no way you're keeping Tyler Hero. In fact, if they, if they well, and and they know how good Tyler Hero can be. I'm actually a big fan of Tyler Hero. I understand why they want to keep him, but that's all. That's the that's the point, right? Like their their trade package is better than anybody else that he's, he's expanded this this list to, right? Whereas like I think it's Philadelphia, the Bucks. Um, I think Philadelphia, the Bucks, and Miami were the top teams. I think he had outside of Brooklyn. Um, Philly can't. Philly's not trading Ben. They've already said they're not. For, why? I don't really know. Maybe maybe he could he learned how to shoot a 15-foot jump shot, and we just don't know yet. So that's why. Uh the Bucks traded everybody and their grandmom for Drew Holiday. So they're out, which <laughs> looking back, it already looks like a bad trade because you could have held on and waited. You should have waited to let the market saturate itself, and maybe you have a chance to go get James Harden in a couple couple weeks. Nope. Now they're out. It's done. Um, so that may come back to bite them with the Giannis uh, negotiations. We'll see. Um, but yeah, Miami by default has the best package. Brooklyn has the second best. It's kind of the way it looks. Um, so that's cool. Like, I, I think Miami is the best fit, like the best like fit just in terms of what they can offer, but they have to put Bam and they put that with hero in there and all their draft assets and maybe even bring in a third team, but they have a really good package for the Houston Rockets. But again, it goes back to my main point. They're not getting a superstar in return for James Harden. Like it's not happening. There's no, the market's not there for that. You know what I mean? So yeah. Houston wants KD or Kyrie, they said, if it's going to Brooklyn. I highly doubt Brooklyn is doing that when they brought them both there and haven't even had a chance to have a game with them yet. (laughs) So I highly doubt that's happening. I think Houston is just doing that, you know, kind of out of spite to Harton. We all know Harton really wants to go to Brooklyn. So we're going to say that we're only taking KD or Kyrie. They know that's not happening. So now Brooklyn, I think, is off the table on purpose, like just out of spite to James Harden. Um, You may want to consider it because the fines are starting to pile up. It just came out. I read and the Nets were fined 25K because he already has been sticking to his word of not talking to the media. Um, Yo, Kyrie, if you need to talk to some type of media, you can hop on this podcast. And I think that'll fulfill your duties as a type of media you're talking to. What are your thoughts on Kyrie's uh, stance? And I'm not talking to the media this season. And uh, 25K already out the pocket. I think that'll add up. Um, how long do you think this even continues? That's a, that's a tough question. I, I don't know. I feel like the, the leaves, the tea leaves have been there for something like this to happen. I mean, he's had issues with the media in the past and I don't know he takes it a little more serious than 
other players would at this point. But for him to just flat out say he's not going to talk to them at any point this year when they might be playing in June. So that's what, like eight months, you're just not going to answer any questions. Good game, bad game. You're going to leave it all for KD to answer, basically. It's, it's a little selfish when it he comes off as selfish there. So I don't like it. I don't agree with him just flat out, just with a, a note, basically, saying that, hey, I'm not I'm not talking to y'all this year. So if if I don't if I'm not answering your questions, you know why. It's it's funny, but yeah, that's that's my stance on it. Greg, the uh Nets expert on the show. <laughs> Kyrie not talking to the media this year, like or or and and well, first off, I want to start with saying this. There was a report that Brian Windhorst came out and said that Kyrie was doing a media blackout. Ky- apparently, Kyrie's camp has come back and said that we never said that. Like they've made that pretty clear. We never actually said we're doing a media blackout. They said that, you know, for that particular instance, for the first press conference of the year, you know, we're gonna try to get our message out, and not and anybody twist our words. Which makes you think he's not talking to the media. So it's kind of confusing. But um, no, I'm not surprised by it. I mean, I, my biggest thing about Kyrie is two things, twofold. As a fan of the Brooklyn Nets, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I genuinely only care about his performance on the basketball court. That is it. When Kyrie's on, going in front of a microphone and he's talking to the media, he often puts his foot in his mouth. Let's just be honest. Like the LeBron comment, and, and things are calculated. Okay, things are complicated, and we'll get to the LeBron comments. But like everything he says is pretty calculated, right? And and to blame the media for everything isn't isn't fair. I will say the thing I could see why I can I can really empathize with Kyrie on is the Boston narrative. The Boston narrative is is no longer credible and no longer fair. To say that Kyrie was the reason why I didn't work. No one's there. Like all the guys they had from that team, for the most part, are gone. Right? Like Al Horford, Gordon Hayward's gone. Gordon Hayward had a chance to stay with the with the, with the Boston Celtics and didn't. Right? I'm not, now we don't know the inner workings of it, but a lot of those guys are gone. It didn't seem to work from the very beginning. Marcus Smart's been on on TV mo- multiple times since then and said that it wasn't Kyrie's fault. Right? He's he's gone out and said that. Now, yeah, you could say, oh, well, that's you know, that's just him being political and things like that. He doesn't want to. You know, disrespect Kyrie on TV, just protecting his guy. But like, I, there's so many things that point to it not just being Kyrie's fault. Why things didn't work in Boston, right? J- Jason Tatum's an emerging superstar on the NBA. Like, there's a lot of Jalen Jalen Brown apparently didn't really like Kyrie. Like, when you read the stories, so there's a lot of things going on there. Like, it's it's not necessarily fair. So I get that part. But again, for Kyrie to act like all of the problems, like everything that's wrong, is 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 solely the media's fault, and they twist everything he says. It's a little ridiculous. It comes with the contract. You signed a, a max deal a summer ago. It's a part of the business, like dealing with the media. And he's not going to reinvent the wheel here. He, he must think that by doing a media blackout, he's going to set a new precedent and that this is going to be okay. It's not. Like, they're going to find you over and over again. So to answer your question, I don't think it's going to last very long. I think that he'll be talking to the media after their preseason game on Sunday. Expect that after they play the Wizards, I expect him to talk to the media. Because um, $25,000 – for the Nets, they also find the Nets. They find him and the Nets. So at some point, <laughs> Joseph Sy is going to come down and be like, yo, listen, bro, like, what are you doing? Like, I, this is ridiculous. Like, 25 each, 25K each time, that adds up. So, yeah, no, like, that's – um, I, I don't think it's going to last that long. Do you think it's an issue with the media in regards of 
do you think it has any validity that the media sometimes can twist? Because um, he's not the first player to say that he has issues with the media. Do you think this will be maybe something that might start a trend where I don't think anybody's going to go months at a time, but maybe this is a trend that players might start doing it here and there and just accept that fine? We'll see. We'll see it again. We'll see it again. I think we saw it uh, with Marshawn Lynch, didn't we? When uh, and I'm just here so I don't get fined. And he was barely ever he was barely answering anybody's questions. He, there's people doing this before Kyrie. The people doing it after him. There's people after him are going to come and do the same thing. It's it's not surprising that we're here and that Kyrie is like this. But I think I think if Kyrie thinks that he's going to be a revolutionary with this, it's going to cost him a lot of money. It's not worth it. You go there, you answer the questions. And if you, even if you go, I'm here just to not get fined, like you're still fulfilling your ob- obligation, right? Like Kyrie's relationship with the media isn't great. And I, again, like I really try to understand him from that perspective. Like with the media thing, I can understand with the Boston narratives, like it wasn't, it really wasn't fair. Like it wasn't, I wasn't totally fair there. Um, but, you know, with everything else that's kind of been like, he's been in the media for um, with the, some of the comments he's made in the past, like, you know, you you have to own what you said like you said these things right like you have to step into that and know hey i said this stuff like i put it out there for public public consumption so now they're going to take it and they're going to make of it what they want to right and they're going to talk about it on talk shows and Stephen a smith is going to scream at me on tv like that's just a part of it like that comes with the money it comes with the territory so it, it's a double it's a double-edged sword it really is i think it shows also too that he made the right decision of signing to the nets because if this was the Knicks and Mm. you know how the media get with the Knicks this would have been front page and back page on all media outlets in New York in Manhattan and it would have been a a, a whole a whole thing it would have been much bigger the the media isn't as harsh and rough with um, Brooklyn as it is take it easy on them because they're a little gross to them they could do all this, make moves, but they still they still below us in popularity at this point. Yeah, uh, I think it, it really worked out with him choosing uh, Brooklyn. But one of the things, as Greg mentioned, that he can sometimes put his foot in his mouth. He mentioned, uh, we talked about this on the show before already, in his comments about this is the first time in his career he could look down at the bench and see if somebody else that can take that game winning shot like him. He didn't name any names, but everybody alluded and jumped uh, to conclusions, rightfully or wrongfully, that he was talking about Bron. Bron finally came out on Richard Jefferson's podcast, shout out to him, and talked about how he felt about the comments. And he basically was like, damn, damn, after Everything we went through, um, he admitted it wasn't always copacetic, but they still was able to get an actual championship with them not being copacetic. And basically, he took him on his wings as a little bro and had such high expectations, said he should have been a uh, he should be an MVP in his league. I don't think that will happen. But what were your takeaways on? LeBron's viewpoint and his candidness on Kyrie's comments. I think this is what the media likes in a sense. You're not going to get this from Kyrie. You get a vulnerable, open LeBron 
expressing how he really felt about it. Not all the time, but these are the type of things that they like that you're not going to get with Kyrie. What were your takeaways on LeBron's candidness and openness on how he felt about it? I like it because if you look at it, over the last few years, he's been a lot more candid and open with pretty much any topic, and he's willing to, like, be vulnerable. So I know that comment from Kyrie hurt him. He he let it be known that, I mean, of course that would hurt me. Like, we played how many years? Three years in Cleveland, won a championship, did the unthinkable that one year. And you're telling me that this is now the first time that you're going to have somebody on your team that you can give the ball to for the last shot? Like, it's almost like a slap in the face, especially like LeBron's been doing this. Like he had, he's had post seasons where he's taken over for his team and had game winning shots after Kyrie left. So it's like, it's kind of funny how, just like Greg said, he puts his foot in his mouth. He'll say a comment and then double down and be like, Oh, you're taking it the wrong way. I didn't mean it like that. I'm not trying to like disrespect anybody, but then why even say it? Cause who who wouldn't take offense to that? Yeah, I don't – I think it was safe to say we talked about it. There was no way that he was talking about Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. He wasn't talking about them. He wasn't talking about okay. Deion Waiters. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't talking about Deion Waiters over Ray Zhao. He wasn't talking about them. It was pretty self-explanatory. And then he came out, of course – like Greg mentioned, it was the media's fault. And why are they always trying to pin brothers against brothers? Mm. Greg, your takeaways from LeBron's candidness. LeBron's candidness isn't surprising because of what Miles said. I think that as superstar athletes get towards the, the end of their career, which is a sad thought, but as you get to the end of your career, you start to get open up to the media a little bit and start to little let like pull back the curtain, let people really know how you're feeling about things and really let them get an inside look into what's going on. Um, in terms of, and, and also I believe LeBron, I think that there was a, there's a segment of people out there that think he was being disingenuous in some way. I, I believe that he thought that Kyrie could have been an MVP in the league. And that I think he wanted that for him. And the reason why I think that too, is the way they played together. Kyrie's numbers have never been better in his career than when he was with LeBron. There was this narrative that LeBron was somehow sapping away the attention or sapping away shots from Kyrie and just didn't work. No, it was beautiful basketball. It really worked well together. And it, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch them play together. Kyrie, Kyrie was at his best with LeBron James and we don't know what KD and Kyrie will accomplish together. Right. We haven't even seen him play a game yet, but I can say 100 with 100 certainty that i think that if Kyrie had bought in all the way he would have won an mvp with lebron i have no doubt there were a lot of reports that the year that it all fell apart and Kyrie asked for that trade before that they were talking about acquiring paul george in a trade and getting kevin love out of there and replacing him with, with paul george and it all fell apart because Kyrie wanted out and refused to hear anything otherwise um so <laughs> with that being said like it, i thought they had a lot of potential to stay in cleveland i think things would be a lot different if Kyrie had stuck it out and i i, I obviously obviously this is a story about how ego can ruin things and, and that happened across it's happened across all sports but it, it's definitely i think Kyrie is definitely guilty of like his ego getting, getting in the way of something that could be that could have been a dynasty for a long time to come in cleveland and now him saying that, him saying that now, like the timing's unsurprising. I also think that KD, 
KD is like the guy in the back. He he really is a snake in a way. <laughs> KD gets away. No one talks about KD, right? Like everyone talks about Kyrie. K- look, Kyrie won on KD's podcast and said this. KD has come out publicly numerous times, and when they bring up LeBron James, he's never that complimentary about LeBron. I don't know if anyone's ever noticed it, right? Like I'm not sure, but like he's never that. He always brings up someone else. It's when my, when LeBron comes up, he brings up Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan's not part of the conversation, but Mike, he like they're not asking about Michael, but he'll bring up Michael, right? Why? Because that's the the big debate, right? Oh, I don't think anyone's ever gonna get near Michael Jordan. So you know what I mean? Like he's always been very calculated in the way he treats LeBron. I think that there's genuinely I, I think LeBron and KD were friends at some point, but I think that relationship is just in the tank. That's just me speculating, but that's what it looks like from the outside looking in. It looks like they're these guys are not friends anymore. So yeah, I'm not surprised. And with him and KD even on the same team, Kyrie feel real, feels real bold right now. So he's going to come out and say stuff like that. I will say this too, and I'll leave everybody with this. This ain't a hot take. Look at your, look at the numbers. LeBron is more clutched than KD and Kyrie. Like, put together. Like, just just understand it. Like, there's the, I don't know where the media, the, where this whole, like, idea started that LeBron wasn't clutch. I get he passed up some shots in big moments. It was always the right pass. But the idea that he's not clutch, like, I don't know where that came from. It's ridiculous. Like, the numbers bear it out. No one has more playoff buzzer beaters than LeBron. Like, no one has been better in a tough and, and crunch time, those final two minutes, than LeBron. Like, he's great at it. So, nah. Like, and people ignore the stuff besides scoring, too. It's not just scoring, guys. Like, it's, it's, it's the big block. It's the, it's, the, it's the big pass. It's the hockey assist. Like, basketball is so much more than just putting the, bas- the, ba- the ball in the basket. And you got to be able to see the game in his entirety to understand that. So, yeah, guys, like, yeah, another example of Kyrie putting his foot in his mouth. No surprise there. But there's so much more behind it. Last two minutes, 45.7%. That's Bron. Mm. Last two minutes, KD is 33.3%. This is in the playoffs. Mm. And this is for the shot to take the lead or tie the game in the playoffs, the biggest stage. Last minute, the last minute, LeBron shoots 48%, while KD only shoots 27%. The last 48 seconds, 50%. The last 48 seconds, 29% for KD. For buzzer beaters, LeBron is shooting 55.6%, while KD shoots 0% when it comes to that buzzer beater playoff time. So I think... As you said, he's a little bold right now. I think deep, 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 deep down, maybe not that deep. They don't like Bron, and it's great they together, and they can hate on Bron together. I knew, I really think, Katie knew what was coming when Kyrie was saying this stuff. He he tried to, you know, he tried to mix it up when he tried to cover for the Steve Nash conversation, right? He tried to, you know oh, nah, I think it's going to be collaborative. But when he had his hot take with the alluding of LeBron, KD ain't cover that one up. He didn't clean He didn't clean that one up, really. It was, oh, yeah, okay, okay. It had me thinking, you mentioned it, ego, right? In sports, how do you balance? How much is humility important? against ego because you know they say you got to have some type of swag you got to have some type of confidence but 
in this instance, it seemed like Eagle got in the way. When you look at Kobe, Eagle got in the way. Kobe and Shaq should have stayed together. The rest of their career would have changed the landscape of the NBA. We would have been having a different conversation. Kobe would be considered the GOAT uh, unanimously if Shaq stays. So what? how do you balance that out? Like, how important is you got to be humble, but, hey, you got to have some type of ego behind it too. I think I think Bron does a really good job of walking that line, to be honest, right? Like he's he's super he's like the ultimate kind of confidence in himself, right? Remember that clip that came out after the 2016 finals where he said, I thought that championship made me the GOAT, right? He said like he said that and it went viral and everything like that. But at the same time, he's never actively tried to take away credit from what Kyrie is or what, how special Kyrie is at the game. Because I honestly think um Kyrie is one of the most is is in my lifetime, maybe outside of Allen Iverson that I've seen, like he's the best pound for pound, like point guard skill wise I've ever seen. Like that's how good he is at this sport. Right. So for you to be that good and to be insecure in yourself, because we're talking about ego, the ego, be having an ego and being insecure go hand in hand. Right. Like Shaq and Kobe, if you go back to that whole beef. That was because Kobe wanted that respect and adulation and wanted all for the praise and wanted to prove that, hey, I could do it on my own. Instead of going like, wait, we're the greatest. We could be the greatest one-two punch ever. I can win 15 rings. Like, it, and I exaggerate, but like they were, no one could stop them, right? Like they would have dominated their era through the end of it. The Spurs would have, the Sp- and if they would have indirectly ruined the dynasty. They would have changed the whole course of the Spurs dynasty if they'd stayed together. That's what happened because the Spurs came in to go right after. If you think about it. Right. So it, it ego in sports is a, is, is, is a double edged sword, too, because it's an important thing to have as an athlete to be self-confident, ultra confident in your ability. But also you play a team sport. You're not a boxer. You don't play. You don't you're not playing tennis. Like you need to understand that your teammates make everything kind of click and go together. Like you don't accomplish anything without your teammates. Right. So and I think LeBron has a really good grip on that. And I think Kyrie is still young enough to where he's still trying to get a grip on that and understand it. And I mean, Kobe evolved with time. You can see by the way he treated Pau Gasol that he he changed, right? He, he obviously Pau Gasol wasn't going to challenge his star status when that with those teams that, that team he won a championship with. But I think Kobe started to understand. And when you saw the Shaq and Kobe special, he understood like at the end when they talked about it on TV that hey, like you know we messed up. Like that's what I that's what I took from it. Like we messed up. Like we need we sure we needed to split because of our differences and everything like that. And we, you know, everything that was going on, but they understand how much they, how much they damage they could have done together. And they regret it. There was ultimate, this ultimate sense of regret at the end of that whole interview. So it's important. It's a line you have to walk. And I think that Kyrie's walking on the, like the other side of it, like completely. If you're going to just try to bash LeBron, like, and act like you're not doing it, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's tough to walk. On the uh, flip side, when we look at football, do you feel that there should be a level of humility or it should be some ego. I mean, OBJ just came out recently, you know, was talking about basically how the Giants weren't really putting the team in a position to win and things of that nature. And football, is it the same same perspective or do you have to have some type of ego, especially in a situation like OBJ? If I'm with a bad quarterback, I need to get paid. Is that where you kind of got to have some type of ego or you take a backseat, like, especially when it comes to your money? I think that 
like a lot of these players, they can be humble and have a little humility, but at the same time, they got to have that like low key confidence too. Like, you know, Brady's got that Mahomes that he has that too. Like they don't need to be so boisterous. Like OBJ can be sometimes they can just, you can watch the game and see like, yeah, he's playing with some confidence. He, he's cocky. You could see him talking on the field, but you're not going to hear the soundbite, but he knows that he's that guy. It's, it goes, I feel like it's the same in football as it is in basketball. Like they're talking on the court too. Like LeBron, you might think that he's this golden boy, but I'm sure he's, he's talking trash to these guys on the court. He's not like just letting people get away with stuff. He, he's letting it be known that I'm the best. You guys are not yet. So show some respect. That's basically the same thing that he said when they won the ring. He was like, I, I need my damn respect too. It's like, this is a new LeBron that we're seeing and he doesn't have to be humble anymore. He's like, he's reached that point where there's only one person really in his way and it's Jordan. So yeah, that's where you get those comments from LeBron. And it's not a bad thing because you get, you get a more honest and open LeBron. And I think that's what you want out of players. You want them to be not so humble because it's not as fun. You know, Tim Duncan for as great as he was, he, he could be a little boring because you never got any of those sound bites out of him. You never got that kind of like, yeah, I'm that, I'm the best power forward in the game. Like you never got any of that. He was just a quiet, bring my lunch pail to work, go home in size 45 jeans. And that's it. Like that's, that's basically him, but not every player can be like that. I think it brings a nice balance. I think um, it reminds me of, I heard this uh, interview with Jay-Z, how he was telling, he had to tell Beyonce, like, all right, you, you're Beyonce. Let them know who you are. Cause sometimes your humility can be taken as weakness, which is a sad thing that's in this time, but sometimes you see instances where you gotta let it be known um, who you are, especially in the sports realm, um, what it is. Like you get people, for example, like Steph Curry, who seemed like the most quiet, chill guy. And a lot of people start overlooking him. And then he started adding the swag. He started adding the dances. I think to a certain degree, you can do that and still be humble. Um, I think, like you said, Greg, Kyrie's on the other side of it, where it's, it's a very, very thin, fine line. And I think he's kind of walking on the other side of it, which is rubbing a lot of people the wrong way, especially when the person that you're alluding to is LeBron, who head, head and shoulders is above anything that you've accomplished so far in your career from high school all the way to now. Like literally, if we want to break it down, LeBron's high school career was better than yours. He didn't have to go to college. And even when he was in Cleveland, we compare y'all rookie years and all that. Head and shoulders above you, for sure. We'll see what happens with that. I think it's a very interesting thing. I will be looking forward to when the Lakers do play Brooklyn. I think it'll be a lot of PC. Hey, KD, what's up? Hey, Kyrie. But we know what it is. Um, I think this is a, the thing, too, 
I think there's a lot of players in the league that don't really rock or like LeBron. And they take these little instances, they hop on some of these podcasts, they throw little, hey, this came out from Sham from an unknown source, an unnamed source. They like to throw these things out, as we mentioned in the beginning of the show, like just because how great LeBron is on and off the court. And if anything, a lot of y'all should be thanking him for everything that he's done <laughs> for the sport and for people getting paid. Him, he was like the first person to take, he was the martyr going to Miami. If he ain't do that, I don't think, like people got on KD's head, but it was still nowhere near what happened to Braun when Braun decided to go to Miami. People burning his jerseys. And again, y'all need to be saying thank you, Braun. He uh, set the pathway for y'all to control y'all career as y'all do now. Braun definitely did that. Uh, transitioning to the flag on the play segment. We haven't done it in a while, but we're going to do it now. We got Greg on the show, so I'm going to run it by you. Flag on the play segment. We're going to throw out some topics, right? You can say accept or decline. If you accept, you can go further in detail. Your thoughts on it. If you decline, we move on to the next topic. So between you and Miles, I might chime in, but between you and Miles, y'all can accept or decline the different topics. First topic, Shaq and his son Sharif bond over Megan Thee Stallion's IG Live. Accept or decline? Hey, take, take it from here, Greg. You got this. <laughs> I'll, I'll accept for the entertainment factor. I think, I think the bench mob... <laughs> Um, podcast listeners are gonna enjoy th- this topic, but honestly, I'm I'm lost for words because they all. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say about that. Like honestly, like I, I saw it yesterday when it viral yesterday. I saw the comment he left on there. Uh, I know what they were bonding over. Um, they were probably we have some technical difficulties, <laughs> <laughs> but um. Nah, man, like the most unsurprising thing ever, the most unsurprising thing ever um, for for, for Shaq, honestly, to be doing. I'm I'm not even surprised by it in the slightest. Uh, If you honestly, someone should throw a flag on that play like altogether. Like that is it's it's just it's crazy. (laughs) I'm not surprised, though. Maj, you're a father. You have a son. Do you think 15, 20 years from now that you'll be able to comment on? On Jace IG Live and Jace commenting too, like, hey, Pops, we watching the same thing? No? Nah, nah, it's not going to fly. Last week it was the Pippins. Now this week it's the O'Neals. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but it's not about basketball at this point. It's, it's everything but that. Let me tell you who looks worse between the Pippins and the O'Neals. The Pippins, okay? Sure. <laughs> yeah, like, if we're going to talk about who looks worse, Scotty, come on, man. Next topic, <laughs> yeah. Cardi B tweets, should I buy an $88,000 purse, accept or decline? I'll accept it just because that's a poor use of funds. It's, it's Christmas time. You could be buying more than just a, a bag or whatever right now. Hey, if she has, she has 88000 to spend like that, then all power to her, but... Hey, throw throw some money my way. I got. I'll give you my account number. You could slide maybe 
40, 50,000, pay some of these student loans off. And hey, that's a great Christmas gift in, its own, in itself. I'll accept it too, because <laughs> yeah. honestly, I saw that and I was like, so much of being a, a celebrity and being famous is about knowing what to say and when to say it and when not to say it. And I think her posting that during this time where people are broke and have no jobs and things like that, right? Because of COVID and the, the not having the economic, economic relief uh, bill going through, the stimulus package going through, you have a lot of people who don't have jobs, is tone deaf. Which, by the way, doesn't surprise me. But it, w- it was a bad look. It was a bad look. And also, you're asking people if you buy an $88,000, what, what was it exactly? <laughs> what was it exactly again? Purse. I, a purse? So if things were normal, what regular person is going to be able to relate to being able to afford an $88,000 purse and say, yeah, buy it? Like, it's not even relatable. Like, who's going to tell you that? They wouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, she was trying to stunt, and it's it was a bad look um, on her part. And, you know, I mean, listen, people are going to still rock with her. Nothing's going to change, right? People are still going to like Cardi B, but... I think it's a learning experience for her because I don't think it was a good look. I'm sure the comments looked much like what I'm saying. I think some people were probably like, yo, listen, like the time and place. He definitely was dragged on Twitter for her tweet, but my perspective on it is Cardi. This, this is who Cardi has been from day one. I mean, she made a song called WAP. So I think this is right along the lines of what Cardi would do. I have the money. I've always been outspoken. I've always been myself. Um, Hey, I think we sometimes hold our celebrities, our athletes to a higher moral standard than we should hold them. It's a rapper who, again, she just came up with a song, WAP, and did not care about any of the politicians who had a problem with her WAP, any of the people that had a problem with the kids listening to WAP. She didn't care. I don't think she's ever going to care. This is Cardi. This is what it is. Last Topic, accept or decline. Little Baby allegedly pays $16,000 for a sexual interaction with a adult star, Miss London. Accept or decline? I'm doing neither. I'm going to pass this on to, to Greg. Uh, <laughs> again. <laughs> Oh my! There's I can think of sixteen thousand ways to spend your money better than that. Like, what is what is that guy doing? Like, I'm not even surprised. All right, like I'm not even surprised. Like this is the most unsur- I didn't know this until now. This is the most unsurprising thing I've ever heard. But you know, like <laughs> sixteen thousand ways allegedly allegedly is important. But if that's the case, like little baby is like. He's got the brain of a little baby. Like, that is the dumbest thing I ever heard. I, I can't even put it together, bro. Hey, I think we've seen in this time, adult stars, strippers are essential workers. I think that is the conclusion. They are a part of the essential workers um, that people are thankful for. We see they are still lit in Houston, Atlanta, Cali. So... Shout out to her for getting the bag, um, 16K. That's not bad for what, three hours, maybe. Uh, that's not that's not a bad uh, it's not a bad paycheck. I know I won't see sixteen thousand dollars in two three hours. It take a couple months, but uh, 
Shout out to her. And allegedly, allegedly. Mm. Transitioning. Um, that was our flag on the play segment. I know y'all enjoyed it. Uh, the listeners, when y'all listen to this, y'all gonna like it. Uh, Gilbert Arenas came out on Club Shay Shay. Shout out to Shannon Sharp, who is really killing the entertainment. Um, transitioning from being an NFL player to killing skip, 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 skip every episode. <laughs> Shout out to him. He has his own podcast now. Really good podcast. Gilbert Arenas was on there, which his podcast is great too. The guy, his basketball mind is just beautiful. He said on his, on Club Shay Shay how he thinks Giannis is basically the heart of the East and that if he wants to see success in the playoffs, he needs to develop not only a jump shot, but a back-to-the-basket game. What were your takeaways from Gilbert Arena's comments? Do you agree? Um, I know Greg already said, and we've all been on the same viewpoint, but Greg said it. The reason why Milwaukee has not gone to where they were supposed to go, the majority of the blame has to go on Giannis's shoulders. Takeaways from Gilbert Arena's comments. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing that most people are thinking right now, honestly, because he's another star who hasn't won, but he's won MVPs, so something's got to be wrong. Like, Harden dribbles too much. Giannis puts his head down and runs through five guys. That doesn't really work in basketball, I don't think. And especially not in the playoffs where you get at least – four or five games against the same team. So you got the scouting report and you know what this guy does. So it's not really, it's not something that's going to work ever. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with his style of play. Maybe if you get some shooters around him, some better players, maybe with Drew Holiday this year, it'll be different, but I don't know. Giannis, he's good in the regular season. Great. Clearly he's won the last two MVPs, but, a lot of these players are judged for what they do in the postseason, as they should, because, I mean, you don't win a ring in the regular season. You win it for what you do in the postseason. So if he can't, like, develop his jumper or figure out some other ways to score or make plays, then this is just going to be what it is with him. He's, he might not – I don't agree with those comments way back when, when uh, – who was it? Richard Jefferson said he's more of a Pippin. I don't agree with that, but at the same time, he needs to show that he can be that guy, be that guy like LeBron has been or KD has been. And I don't think we've seen it yet. I think the back to the basket game is definitely needed. Um, I don't know why Milwaukee posted this. They posted a clip of Drew Holiday and him going one-on-one. The fact that Drew Holiday was able to knock the ball out of his hands, I think this tells you part of the issue. Drew Holiday, yes, is a great defender, very underrated. But if Drew Holiday is making you struggle, Giannis, if Drew Holiday is making you struggle, imagine what Bam's going to do when you see him again. Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, whoever they put on you, you make it to the finals. You see LeBron, Wesley Matthews, who was just on your team, so he already he got a little inside scoop on you. I, I still think it's an issue. Like, I don't know why Milwaukee would post that. Like, he made the final bucket, but Drew Holiday literally made it him struggle to make that bucket. Drew Holiday, a whole he has like a whole foot on him. But I digress. Greg, do you think this is accurate? Is he the Harden of the East? So 
I, I was just looking up how many seasons he's played in the NBA, right? Giannis. Giannis has been in the NBA since 2013. Um, came in young, right? Like he was really young when he came in. Um, and let's just go down the list of what he can do, right? Giannis does not is he's not a basketball player. Like I I I always I've said this for the longest time. It's an unpopular opinion. Here's my hot take. Giannis is not a basketball player. Giannis is a great athlete who happens to know how to run and dribble a basketball. That's it. That's it. That that is Giannis. Yo, that is that is your guy. That is your that is your two time. That is your two time MVP. That's not mine because last year LeBron should have won MVP. It's, it shouldn't have been him. Thank you. So Thank you. Giannis is not a basketball player. He runs. He can jump. He 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 makes everybody go ooh and ah like cool. He had a he had a great highlight against the Knicks where he jumped over someone's head. Cool. It was the Knicks. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, yo, I'm not belittling what Giannis does to that point. By the way, like I'm really. I'm really not trying to do that, right? But I also have the understanding to realize, like, listen, in this league, like, defenses are too creative. Coaches are too creative. Coaches are too good now. The couple years ago when they played Toronto in that conference finals, if you guys can remember, um, or I don't even know if it was the conference finals. I think it was before, I think it was the semis they played them. Um, the semis, right? They were playing, like, this weird 2-2-1 zone. It wasn't even, like, it wasn't even, like, one I'd ever seen before. But it was almost like they were forcing all action to the outside. And they were keeping out in the middle of the floor. And the three-point shooters couldn't make shots. Regardless of how many, how many three-point shooters you put around Giannis, it doesn't matter. Unless he can make – he can't make a 15-foot jump shot at the least. They're not – they're never going to win. And he can go walk out on the, on the Supermax, which I think is actually stupid on his part. He should probably stay in Milwaukee and figure out how to be an actual hooper instead of bailing himself out and going to play with James Harden. Because you know what? You know what's kind of crazy? The Richard Jefferson comment is going to end up being true. If he goes and plays with the Warriors or, or Miami, he's not a better player than Jimmy Butler right now. Like, he's just not. Like, I, I don't think he is. He's not a better player than Jimmy Butler. He's not a better player than Steph. He's not even a better player than Clay. Like, I, I don't uh, like I, he's going to end up being a, that, that Scotty Pippen guy and RJ, my guy, I love RJ, former net. He is going to look prophetic at the end of all this because he called it. And, and every, I've been watching that guy since he was younger. He actually had a nicer shot for him when he was, when he came fresh in the league, weirdly enough, he may not be a better shooter now, but the guy doesn't make jump shots. He doesn't take a lot of them. He's Ben Simmons, but taller, like, that's it. And more electrifying. He's a, he's a better athlete, right? Like that's what we're looking at. And he limits his team. He's the reason I, I had a, I'm in a group chat. I told a couple of my boys this. I was like, you're like, he's the reason why they don't win. He holds them back. It's not anyone else. It's not Eric Bledsoe. It's not Dante DiVincenzo. No, it is Giannis. He's not, he, he can dominate the NBA. If he can shoot, make a jump shot. Like, what is he doing with his time? Like get in a gym, Throw away the key. Work on your jump shot, bro. Like, what is happening? Like, why is he not good? He's not a basketball player. And I, I think Gilbert said that on the pod, too. Like, he's not – like, he's just not. So, to call him the James Harden of the East, I understand the, the, the analogy because James has some flaws in his game, and that's the reason why they haven't won anything because they could have beat the – they could have bounced the Warriors that year when they were close, and they didn't. Um, I know Chris Paul got hurt, but still. And there's a reason why it didn't work out between him and Chris Paul. It should have worked out. Um, it's him. But – yeah, the fatal flaw, and I understand the analogy from this from the standpoint that James Harden, Giannis, they both have fatal flaws in their game that hold their teams back. And 
the Giannis's fatal flaw is that he's not a hooper. Like he's just not. I don't. I'm not calling Giannis. Hooper. I'm not doing it. Hot take of the day: Giannis is not a hooper. He is a great athlete who can dribble a wall and run really fast. That's it. We all, we all know those guys are the why. I'm hopping on your your hot take train right there with that one. I've I've been saying this. Me and Miles have been going back and forth before you even came on the show. I do not like Giannis's game. I think. I don't think he should have got MVP last year. The man can't shoot. And it's, it's, I'm getting, like, flashbacks of the most recent episode we did with um, Coach Mingo. He said, didn't he say, like, if you can't shoot, you can't, can't play? play? Yes. That, that's my guy. Hey, th- th- yes, that's exactly what he said. And, and Giannis can't shoot. Giannis does everything but shoot. Ben does everything but you. I have the same problem with Ben. Wait till we talk about Ben Simmons. Just wait. I got some takes for that. I got some people I know who are big Ben Simmons fans. I don't know how that's – I don't even know where how that's a thing. Like, it doesn't make sense. I I love bas- I, I love basketball to a place where it's like I, I enjoy watching the little things in the game, like the intricacies of the game. And when I watch Giannis, I can understand why he's he's won an MVP. I, I, I agree that he's won one. He's won one. His defensive impact is great because he's a great athlete. He's also – Unlike anything we've ever seen before, because he's the guy who can grab the ball, the ball, the rebound, and go full sport, go full speed down the court and guard and guard fives. He can guard fives. He can play your point guard and guard guard to five. I mean, LeBron is obviously like the first guy, but let's leave LeBron out of this because it's disrespectful to him. Regardless, like Giannis, Giannis is a guy who needs to work on actual the actual fundamentals of playing basketball. That's it. He's he's greatly lacking that. Nice guy. But he talk needs to work on – it's a fact. It's a fact. Like, and Miles don't agree. <laughs> so I want to hear what Miles got to say. I really do. Why is Giannis a hooper? Why is Giannis – what do you think about Giannis? I want your honest opinion about it. Let's, let's hear that. Before we go to Miles, this, I, this just makes me think about what we just talked about earlier, about humility and ego. The fact that Giannis came out a couple weeks ago and basically said, hey, I'm not the best player. LeBron is still the best player. I would have wanted some of that ego, some of that Kobe dog, some of that Michael Jordan dog in him that we saw glimpses of when he said, I don't work out with nobody. And then you you kind of, I get it though. He What he said was right. What he said was right. But I just would have rather heard you say, nah, I'm in that same conversation. Something along those lines, not just, you know, LeBron the greatest. He, he's my dad. Like I, <laughs> I didn't want him to lie to me. I didn't want him to lie to me. Like, yo, you thank you, Giannis. I actually, I found it refreshing. You know why? Because you can't address a problem until you accept the problem. The oh. problem is that you're not in that tier, my guy. You're not there. You are not with KD. You are not. He's not better than AD. I had people tell me he's better than AD. I put a poll up. I had people tell me Giannis is better than, yo, AD is one of the most gifted basketball players to ever play. Like, I, I, don't, I want people to understand the height. The defense, the shooting, the post moves. Yo, in fact, Giannis should try to learn from AD. Like, because that's how good that guy is, just in terms of, like, pure skill. Like, Giannis lacks that. And and that, I found it refreshing. I really did. But, Miles, man, like, yo, if, I, I'm really – I'm dying to hear what you guys say because you don't agree with this. And this, is, this is crazy to me. I mean, I don't know how you could say he's not a hooper because he came from where he was when he first entered the league to now – without really a strong jump shot 
and you say all this other stuff, he's averaging 30, 15, and 7. Like, that's – I mean, if he's not a hooper, then – That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. Yo. That's all I got to say on the point. That's all I got to say on the well, point. Well, okay, but here, Miles, here's my thing, okay? I, I, Giannis averaging 30, 15, everything is really impressive. Like, there's no way around that. Like, I'm not even – I'm not – I know I, I, I just – I just – crapped on all of that i did but it's not even like that okay so Giannis came into the league he she he had a he had ability he showed ability early on the only difference between Giannis now in 2013 and now stronger frame faster he's growing into his body that's it yo he might be a better ball handler and a better passer understand passing and spacing a little bit better but in terms of like intricate skill like shooting up like i don't know shooting the ball is so important like you can't you, you can't play in today's league no matter how big you are, no matter how – like, it's, there's no space for it. Think, think about it. Think about it this way. The average five 20 years ago didn't have to know how to shoot the ball that well. They could dominate by just posting up on the block. We're playing inside-out basketball, right? Now, if you can't shoot and you're a five, yo, you're not in the, you're not in the league. Like, you're not playing. You're, you're going you're gonna to be a guy who just hangs around. Uh, think big New Orleans Noel. Never developed a jump shot. There's a reason why I got just floating around the NBA like that. Wasn't he a number one pick? No one's Noel. He was a top. He one. He was one of the top picks in his draft. So the, the only thing No Noel has lacked, for real, like the only thing he really lacks in terms of a skill, a discernible skill, is shooting. Like Giannis, you're not gonna get away with not being able to shoot. Ben, you're not gonna get away with not being able to shoot. My, you're just not. You're just never gonna be. Like until the day those guys learn how to shoot the basketball comes. They will always be in second place. They will always fall short. No matter what trade you make, you can trade the house for Drew Holiday. You could trade for James. It matters that Giannis can't shoot. He's a liability. Giannis is a liability. He really is. Like, and that's my thing. Like, no matter how great you get, like that kind of, having that kind of is too big of a weakness to have. You can't overcome that weakness. That's just, just you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, is, it, so, is, it, it doesn't add up. So basically, you're saying instead of the captain logo that'll be on his jersey this year it should be a handicap sign <laughs> yo it's not even that point but he's gonna and look it's a fair it's a fair like sim it's a fair example to use like he's he's the reason why they won't win again they're not gonna win again yo they got drew holiday i should be scared i should be scared as a nets fan i should be like yo like that's dangerous and they are dangerous but i'm not like i'm not scared at all like i i, I think the, the combination of Kyrie and, and KD is like one of the most skilled duos of all time. And I you're going to see defensively they're better than the Nets. So that, that on, on in itself should be enough to two guys. You're talking about two guys that no one can really guard and they're on the same team, right? Like they go, they go through stretches together where they go through stretches. And when they're apart where they're, they, no one can stop them and they don't know what to do. Right. Like we, we, we can admit that. So, yeah, the Bucks are going to play good team defense, sure. But on the other side of the ball, other side of the ball, guess what? Yo, Giannis, I'm daring you to shoot the ball from 17 feet, and you're not going to do it. Like you're, you're, you're not going to make it. And so, the fouls. That's that's what's going to happen. Yo, <laughs> you look. That another example is that Magic team that beat the the Cavs and went to go play against the Lakers. What happened there? Wasn't it Dwight? just in the middle of the paint, and there was a bunch of shooters around him. That's not what it was. Now, obviously, Giannis is more dynamic, right? But you can't win that way. 
It doesn't work. The formula has never worked before in NBA history, guys. It's never worked. It doesn't work. You got it. You got your best player, unless like you're talking about the ABA and back then. And the modern day basketball has never worked. So if you look, I'm taking all I'm taking all takers, but Giannis to me is not a hooper. I'm just, I just can't give him the title. I just I can't. You can't. And great that's the, that will be the title of the show, definitely for <laughs> sure. You need to do a poll. You need to do a poll, a poll on that. See how many people. Oh, we agree will. With you. Oh, we will. We will definitely do a poll on that. Transitioning Atlantic Division. We're breaking down the divisions leading up to this regular season. Boston, Brooklyn, Knicks, 76ers, Raptors. How do y'all see this division panning out? Me personally, I see Brooklyn finishing first, Boston second, the Raptors, 76ers, and then the Knicks. But I'm not calling out records, but I do think the Knicks definitely win probably five to ten more games this season. Well, who cares about that? That don't mean anything. That's a bad thing. It's just, that's, a, that's a bad thing. It doesn't mean anything to me. That's a bad thing. But, I mean, my, my list would be, yeah, Brooklyn won. But I like the Sixers, honestly. I like the Sixers coming back. They've added some pieces, you know, Seth Curry. Danny Green for all his faults. He's still somewhat of a shooter. I guess we could call him a shooting guard, but they've added some pieces to that team to make it a little a little different. So they still got that same core of guys who who knows where they would have been if Ben Simmons doesn't get hurt last year before the playoffs started. So they got Ben Simmons and B, Tobias Harris, and then you add shooting around that. Like I think they're gonna be pretty good. I think Boston. I think there'll be a close second. Close second. All right. We'll see. I mean, this is going to be the first year for Boston without Gordon Hayward. I don't know what they're going to get out of Kemba, but it's going to be interesting because this is going to be Tatum's team. Let's see how things go with him and Jalen Brown because, I mean, at, at a point they had to deal with Gordon Hayward. Now it's them two running the show and, I'd like to see who's going to take that back seat. Who's who's willing to take that back seat cuz Jalen Jalen Brown could be I don't want to say just as good, but he's not that far off from Jason Tatum. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic goes. And then the Raptors they've lost some guys, you know. This it, is it's not the same team that won the chip 2 years ago, that's for sure. So and finishing fourth in this division doesn't mean that they don't make the playoffs. This is probably the strongest division in the East. So I think four out of these teams are going to make the playoffs. And then the Knicks, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. We'll see what Tibbs could get, get out of everybody. Everybody likes to talk about him running players into the ground, but I don't buy it. I think that – He's going to bring a, a different fire that none of these coaches in the last, let me see, seven, eight years have had in New York, probably since Mike Woodson. He's going to bring like that different energy. Like he's focused mainly on defense right now from what I've seen in the practices and heard in the, the, conf- the, the press conferences is that like they're worried about defense first. And that's probably what they should be worried about because last year – Defensively, it wasn't pretty, so we'll see. But they're definitely going to finish finish last in this division, and 
I'll watch the games. I don't know if anybody else will watch them, but I'm watching purely from the fact that I want to see these young guys play and get better. But that usually doesn't amount to a lot of wins. So, <laughs> But that's the thing. That's why I said five, ten more wins, because every time Tibbs has taken over a team, they always end up doing better. I know that's not what the Knicks want when you got Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green as possible candidates to be drafted by y'all, but. But they wait. changed the lottery system. So it's like, there's no point in just purposely losing. Exactly. More. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So with Tibbs, I can't see Tibbs being, looking at his track record, all the teams always get better to some degree that first year when he gets there, then the second year, it's the next leap. So I with Tibbs, and they're focused on defense, and he's coming out in every interview like, yo, nothing here is promised. They have to earn this. Mitchell Robinson, starter last year. He didn't guarantee his starting position for him, so he's making everybody fight for every minute. I can see – I don't know if it's because I got orange on today. I can see the Knicks in the playoffs <laughs> in the next three to four years with Tibbs under the helm, and they keep making – they had a good offseason this year, but go ahead, Greg. <laughs> well, the the one thing I knew for sure about this division, because this is a hard division to actually project. It really is. Um, it's not easy. I, the one, but the, the easiest thing is the Knicks will be in last place. They will. And and in the hardest division in basketball, right there. Hey, look, easy. I'm not disagreeing. They are in the hardest division, but I think they'd be in the last in, division, in any division they're in this year, <laughs> like in the league. <laughs> but but you know, I, you know, Knicks fans are gonna hate me. But um. But when I think about the entire landscape of this of this division, it is crazy competitive. I don't think the Nets are a lock for the number one seed um, because of Kyrie and KD's health. I think that matters. But because they keep the whole gang together, you got Karis Levert, you got Dinwiddie. They're gonna they're gonna be a very good team. So I'm gonna go first or second there. I think the team that can challenge them for that first or second spot um, is actually the Sixers. To be honest. Um, They've gotten better. Uh, no way around it. Uh, they're they're, they're going to be the, – what the Sixers are is they're going to be a really good regular season basketball team, and in the playoffs, their warts are going to show. They're going to – they they surround him with shooters, so Ben's going to have a field day. Ben's going to put up some really – has some really good games. He's not going to shoot the ball, but he's got some really good games, right? And and you're going to have Seth Curry. I think the, the lineup that I saw was Seth Curry, Danny Green, uh, Ben Simmons, uh, Joel, and Tobias was the lineup. So that's shooting everywhere outside of Tobias – I mean, excuse me, outside of Embiid, and outside of Ben. So, yeah, they're going to win a lot of games. I don't know how they're going to be defensively starting Seth Curry. That's going to be very interesting to see, but they should be pretty stout. They're going to be a very good team. They could be the first seed um, and even maybe get the first seed in the East. Uh, that's how good I think they'll be this regular season, but it's going to be fool's game. Fool's goal, Philly fans. Ben still can't shoot, so you got to go nowhere, just so you know. The next team, I think, uh, I think Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn either contends um, like I said, I think it's more about them. It's just about KD and, K- KD and Kyrie's health. Those guys have a, a little injury history here, so let's just see how they hold up. But if they do, then, yeah, like, it's, it's going to get scary. Um, they, they could win, they're going to win. I think they can get up to about – they can get 50-plus wins, right, with a healthy roster. So let's just see how that pans out. Uh, and then you also have um, – and, and I think Boston. Boston and Toronto are, like, dead even. Both teams didn't get better this offseason. Like, they really kind of stayed, stood pat. I think the Celtics' big additions were Tristan Thompson and Jeff Teague. Tristan Thompson is going to help them a lot. Um, they had no 
center presence. They had no rebounding on the interior. They lost that. Um, that's a big addition. Um, and I think Gordon Hayward is addition by subtraction. Um, I don't think he was a fit. I think that makes them better that he's gone. To be honest, it's actually a blessing. I think Jalen Brown will kind of walk into a bigger role. We're going to see about – and I think Jason Tatum will too. I think Jason Tatum's going to get a lot more shots. I think what's ultimately going to happen with that team is Jason Tatum's going to make his mark as a superstar, like cuss superstar player in his league. He's, he should have a big season. He's prime for one. I don't know about Jalen Brown. I think he's a very solid, very good player. I don't know that he's – I don't – I don't – I know – I don't think he's on that level. I don't know what the people, what the people who listen to this think. Y'all can tell me. I think Jalen Brown is like just that a tick below, but he's a good player, um, especially for where they drafted him from. And then um, Toronto, right behind him. Toronto's a good young team, play great defense, well coached. They could easily be three or two in this division. I'm going to give them the four spot um, with that in mind, though, just kind of keeping it um, in mind that they haven't really gotten better. I think the other teams in the division have, and they're the team that has made the least traction. They did keep Fred Van Vliet, though, for what that's worth, and that's the, that was a big sign for them. And then, of course, you have the Knicks, right? Um, you have the Knicks. <laughs> um, I, I'm honestly going to be watching R.J. Barrett. For all my Knicks fans out there, I'm watching R.J. Barrett very closely. Um, I want to see what he does next year because, honestly, I've had some debates about R.J. Barrett. I love to know, I love to know what people think about R.J. Barrett outside of me because I think that he was an overdraft at three. I didn't love the pick. I didn't love him in college. Um, yeah, there's Miles. There you go. I, I, I don't love RJ Barrett's game, yo. Yo, for all the reasons, I, I don't love RJ Barrett's game for all the reasons I don't love guys like Giannis and Ben Simmons. Because in the modern NBA, what do you have to be able to do? Shoot a ball, right? And it's not like, I, and I'm not saying that like shooting is the most important. It's, well, shooting is. I'm not saying that it's like the do or die, but like in today's NBA, if you can't shoot, like how do you, you're on a team with no shooters. The Knicks don't. The Knicks don't have shooters. That's out of Miles Powell and, and Emmanuel Quickly. Who else can we name as a shooter on that team? Austin Rivers. <laughs> oh, fair enough. I get. We'll, we'll give you Arch. He's he's he's. We got tricky. Reggie Bullock too. We got Reggie Bullock too. Reggie was horrible with the Lakers. You remember it? You remember that? <laughs> Maybe it was, it was different pressure playing with LeBron. Fine, I'll give you Reggie. Right. All right. So you got what? Is that is that a four shooters? I count. Does it? Yeah. No. Modern- no. No. Nah, Mitchell Robinson been working on it, summer. Yeah, Mitchell Robinson is a <laughs> – what is wrong with that guy? Can, can we explain – all right, so can someone explain to me why this guy been posting videos of him dribbling? Not even through, like, not even on some, like, on some, like, regimented workout stuff, like, just dribbling. Like, my man's just, like, dribbling, re- like, just, just incessantly for no reason. He's not going to do any of that in the game. If that man did all – did that this summer – Let's start looking for a new. Let's start looking for a new center, guys. Wildly talented, by the way. I can see why Knicks fans like him. They're very defensive of Mitchell Robinson. I'm sure that some people who listen to this podcast won't appreciate those comments from me. Because he could easily be the best center, well, best defensive center in the league. I so agree. That's what I agree. we need. We need defensive players. So although there is a there is an Afro light skinned dude across the river who would who who would uh, fight for that oh, title. Oh my god! I'm just saying. I, I think I would still take Mitch over him. Honestly, I'm not taking Mitch over me. Mitch is over here trying to work on his handles. Mitch think he Kyrie? What's wrong with that guy? <laughs> like honestly, Mitch yeah. thinks he's Kyrie. You Don't know, Tibbs is not know. none of that. Tibbs, Tibbs is getting rid of all the nonsense, and I think that's the best thing about the Knicks. I think the Knicks will be better this year, um, because of that. I think they've the best addition the Knicks made is that they got a coach who doesn't play games. 
they had a really good draft. I love Obi. I, and, oh, hot take. Hot take of the day, too. Another one. Obi Toppin is better than R.J. Barrett, like, right now. Boom. Like, right now. Yes. Right now, Obi yes. Toppin walked into the Knicks locker room, and the day he walked in, he was the best player I had. Like, he's better than R.J. And I, yo, that's it. I bet the house on that. Just watch. Obi Toppin is going to end up being starter. Is going to start. This whole Julius Randle versus Obi Toppin thing is really confusing to me. Why would I get they paid Julius Randle like he's some kind of like he's a star or something? But let's start, let's 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 be smart here as as if the Knicks. Let's get smart, right? Let's move Julius. Let's get some assets. Let's let's go fully young here. Julius is not a part of the future there. He can't another another guy who can't shoot. What are we doing? What are they doing? Can someone tell me what the Knicks are doing? Honestly, look, Obi is the best player they got. Trey Julius Randle. I think y'all be all right. Now he's but the best I, player we have. Get <laughs> rid of him. He hasn't even played a preseason game. I still think RJ's the guy on this team. I don't know what you're talking about, but he's <laughs> he's going to be good. He, if you watched the end of the season last year, he was starting to heat up and starting to take over for this team. Was he shooting the ball better towards the end of the season last year? Yeah, easily. Like He, he missed a few games, got hurt, and then when he came back from that, he was like a different player which is it's weird how that works. You get hurt, you get a chance to sit down, watch the game a little bit. Coaches are in your ear a little more. So I think that this year, him, he's going to have a good season. Hopefully Kevin Knox can do something because oh, if he can be good, that is like a godsend because he's only 21. He's not like – if he could be good, then all right, now we got four pieces to look forward to instead of just – Three of I like, Bitch and RJ. So, so hopefully, I Knox. like that, Miles. I like that, Miles. Like what you did there because you reminded me about Kevin Knox and how Knicks fans have given up on the kid mm-hmm. really early. I actually like Kevin Knox's measurables and his skill set more than like RJ's. Like that's how I feel about Kevin Knox. Like I really think he could be really, really good. I hope they don't mess this up with him. I think that he should play more. He doesn't play nearly enough. He's not allowed to play through his mistakes. Like let that kid grow. He's in a he's a really talented young player. Knicks got some talent under the covers there. I mean, and look, they they'll be better. They'll be better. I, I think if Kevin Knox takes the next step, which I think he is, I'm 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 hoping he does. Um, you got Obi, you got Kevin Knox, you got you got RJ. I mean, you overdrafted, but hey, we you know we'll the see Kentucky what happens to him. Knicks. The Kentucky Knicks, yeah. Right. Everyone, everyone from Kentucky, the coaches from Kentucky. Yeah, go hire Calipari at this point. Hold up. So if he was an overdraft, who would you have taken in that draft over him? I'm glad you asked. So uh, you guys, what's the point? What's the position that you guys don't have? Like y'all haven't had it in my whole life. Uh, yeah, but we, we didn't get the second pick. If we had the second pick, we would have taken Ja. I'm not talking about Ja. <laughs> I'm not talking about ja. If you say wait, wait, Kobe wait. White, if you say Kobe have, White, you can. I'm not saying Kobe guard. either. They don't have a point guard. They don't have a GM. They didn't have an owner. They oh, missed a lot of things. On the court. On well, the court. I know you're talking about point guard. I know you're talking about point guard, but I don't know any. Who else? Darius Garland from oh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I love his game. He hasn't popped yet in the NBA. Yo, just wait. Just everybody who's sleeping on Darius Garland, bro, just wait. Just wait. Because Darius, yo, Darius Garland is going to push Colin Sexton out of Cleveland. That's what's going to end up happening, bro. Watch. Because Colin Sexton, I, I, like, I, like, I like him. He's, he's okay. And he can get better. But I really like Darius Garland's game, bro. Daryl, he is a problem. It's going to translate to the league. And it's going to be like, 
this is going to be one of those picks where like people look back on it in like five, six years and going to be like, damn, again, again, like we missed out on another guy. Darius Garland is super skilled. Like, I don't know about defensively. He may never be great defense. He probably won't. But he's going to be a problem offensively. Just wait. And and he's everything that I think the Knicks, the Knicks messed up. I, I, I saw that pick, and I was, I was hoping you guys would go Darius Garland over RJ. I was, I was praying on it. Hey, Darius Garland went number four. He went four. He didn't have a great season. Sure, I know. But just wait. He was coached hard last year. That's what it is. He had to earn it. He got treated like a rookie. I mean, RJ had – a decent season for playing on a team with no spacing. That's like, that's another thing too. Like if we can get shooters around him, it's a game changer. Cause yeah, you got Julius Randall starting next to him. You got Alfred Payton who can't shoot. God, Alfred Payton, what are they doing? The best shooter on our team was Marcus Morris and we traded him. I mean, we got a first round pick for him, but still like that was our best shooter up until that point. So it's like, yeah, you could you could hate on RJ right now, and I get it. But I I've watched the games and I've seen the growth, and he can be out of these teams build around. So, have you ever watched R? Yo, have you ever for both of you guys? Have y'all ever watched RJ and just went wow, like ever, like once? But how many of those guys actually happen or come around? That's like. I've watched it doesn't happen in, in the first year. You might oh. see it in the second year, and then you're like, oh, snap. I actually True. slept on him, and he was working. Like, they haven't played a game in nine months, so we'll see. They have a preseason game Friday, so I'm going to be tuned into that. Mm. Even though I preseason do. doesn't matter, I, I can't wait till the regular season starts, but I just want I just want to see RJ prove everybody wrong because he, he's got the right mentality for New York, that's for sure. I sure hope so, because that don't get that doesn't get tested until you're you're not good the second year and you're and you're not improving. New York is a way of running you out of here. Like they give they give you a little time. It's a grace period, and they run you out of town. Look at Kevin Knox, man. Kevin Knox a kid. Like let that guy grow. I, I like him a lot. I think he could end up being better than RJ too. This is a everyone's better than RJ day, isn't it? Um, if you go back and watch Darius Garland film from when he was at Vandy, you're gonna you he had some wild moments, bro. Like, he had some wow moments. Like, he is very talented, that guy. I think when it comes to the Knicks, my only wow I saw last year was the variety they have of food there. They have a lot of good food <laughs> at Madison Square Garden, a lot of different options. It's, I, I give it to the Knicks. And when I go there, I don't mind spending money. They got some good options on food. I've been to a lot of arenas. Their food is, is really good. Um, top notch. Top Top-notch. Top-notch facilities. Top and the notch. renovations to the mat to the garden. I mean, by the way, the garden is so overrated. Can we talk about that, bro? No, it's not. Yes, it no, is. No, 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 no. Yo, Barclays no. is so much nicer. Oh, my Hey, God. come to Barclays, y'all. Like, yo, Barclays is – yo, you walk into Barclays, is like the, the, the dark backdrop and the court just – the court lights up the arena. Like, it's no lights. It's the court, bro. I, I, I Yo, I, I've been trying – I've been dying to say no, this. Keep it dark. So you can't see that there's no fans back there. That's why. You see, they want to play that game. Last year when Kyrie was there, was, there was plenty of fans. <laughs> there was plenty of fans when Kyrie was playing. And we're going to get hey, – look, it's, it's it's really a shame that COVID took this year away with the fans because Brooklyn would have been something different. Some oh, Flatbush would have been something different. Can't get tickets. Oh, God, I can't wait, man. I can't wait to go back. Yo, Nets were up. Nets fans were up. 
It's our turn. We we run New York. Three years. Y'all got three years of this. I don't I don't see Kyrie and KD staying together after this. So we'll see. We'll, we'll evaluate know. this three years from now. This is how you know we're doing the right thing. When Knicks fans talking about we're not gonna stay together, all this. Hey, Nets, we run New York. We run yeah, New York. Kyrie stayed and they've won. And he's wanted to stay there for a while. I feel like there's gonna be some clash between them hey, at some point. Or, Kyrie and KD? Yeah. I can see it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna say I can't see it. I, it's a, definitely a risk <laughs> when you sign two guys like them. I think yeah, Murray off the bat too. Like with KD, I mean, with Kyrie saying that he's not like really gonna talk to the media, or if he said or didn't say that, that would rub me the wrong way if I'm KD because I'm like, all right, so you want me to answer all the questions? I know I'm the best player, but you're supposed to be the second best player, and you're about to just put all the weight on me. I mean. I would be like, yo, Kyrie, go answer these questions. You my boy, but I could get you traded real quick. This is my team, so. Mm. You don't see, bro. We're going to see. I-, I think I think low-key, at the end of the day, when Ma's go to sleep, he pray for the Nets downfall. That's I what it is. I, I hope they can do well. It'll. The main thing about Barclays is it's a good place for concerts. So right now, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. He's got it mixed up. Madison Square Garden been the best place for concerts for years now. Y'all not going there for basketball. Hey, I go there for basketball and fans are telling Dan- James Dolan to sell the team. And he's kicking them out. They're going to do it virtually this year. That's what's going to happen. He's going to kick them off live chats or something like that. That's cool. And we still have more fans every year. Losing. Imagine if we were winning, too. That's the, that's the crazy part of it. Yeah, I, 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 that. Yo, give me. That. Give me one second. What, what, this is the last thing I'm going to say about the Knicks. To the fans, I don't feel bad for any Knicks fan in existence. Knicks fans repeatedly go to games, buy expensive tickets, take the subway, the dirt. Like, you do all this stuff to go watch that team play basketball. You guys deserve to lose. Like it, it, James Dolan has shown them a million times over. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea, but I'm making a ton of money, so I'm good. Why? Because you're stuffing his pockets with it, buying RJ Barrett jerseys. But like, stop. Like, yo, black out the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? Like, just yo, what what just stop it. Protest the Knicks. I promise you it'll it'll be fruitful for you guys. I promise you guys will it'll things will turn around. Things will look better. Until then, it's same old Knicks. But I enjoy it though. We As we Mike Green and Walt, Walt Clyde Frazier announcing our game. So hey, we must be doing something right if those two are still here. As we've seen now in, in history, some people like abuse, and it seems like Knicks fans like to be abused verbally, physically, and mentally to have to watch this abysmal trash for the last, I don't know how many years. Um, but this concludes this episode of the Bench Mob Podcast. Make sure you subscribe. before y'all, so I'm out. <laughs> Make sure y'all subscribe. Make sure y'all follow. Um, share it, tag a friend. As you you already know, tag your baby moms, your uncle, your cousin. Tag the person that can't see. They can hear them. So tag everybody. So we know the benchmark, we unify people here. So even if you are at irreconcilable differences, the benchmark will help bring that together. It's the benchmark, baby. We, we do that. We had, I mean, who wouldn't want to listen and look? Look, Miles has the fresh lineup right now. The fresh lineup with the perfect fade, 
with the waves. Hey, chill out. I don't want to get seasick. Bench mob. You know the vibes. Stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. We out. Peace. Peace. Peace.